My name is Dr. Tiffany Valvo, and welcome to my podcast. Here, we are going to talk about the practical skills, the life skills that you need to thrive this semester and beyond. Welcome back. Episode number six here. This one titled, Victim of Distraction. It seems some days my main task is to just stop being distracted. I'm distracted by my own thoughts, by the future, by what happened yesterday, and I am mostly distracted, like you might be, by my phone. It doesn't seem to make a large difference that I have notifications turned off for everything except text messages and phone calls. My brain knows there is always something waiting for me with a simple scroll refresh, or whatever that's called. The wonderful things I must be missing if I'm not refreshing my inbox and my feeds. But the reality is that 99% of the time, I miss absolutely nothing. We are convinced that if we don't refresh the feed, if we don't check our phone for 30 minutes, surely we will miss something, something really important, something life-changing. It's an exemplary case of FOMO, fear of missing out. But I am pretty sure the only thing we are missing out on is the chance to actually choose what to focus on. In 2018, the average time spent on social networking was projected as 144 minutes a day. That's over two hours and was an increase of over an hour per day from 2012. To really put this in perspective, if the 2018 average held steady, you'd spend about seven years using social media during your life. Seven years of nothing except scrolling Instagram. If you live to be 80, that's over 8% of your life. That's terrifying. As we all know, social media is designed to be addictive. Ads based on your latest searches confirming your poor decision to not make the purchase. Headlines that make you think you will spontaneously combust if you don't click and learn how to not spontaneously combust. Plane tickets that vanish forever if you don't buy them immediately. As a matter of fact, no more planes to Paris ever unless you purchase this one now. And then there are our own contributions to the internet. With each tweet and post, we wonder how much social validation we will receive, which triggers the same part of our brain that lights up when we go to a slot machine. Nir Ayal is an incredibly interesting writer, focusing on the intersection of psychology, technology, and business. He calls this behavioral design, which encompasses user experience, behavioral economics, and a dash of neuroscience. Ayal wrote a book called Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products, which includes a four-step plan that's famous in Silicon Valley on how to grab and keep people with enticements like variable rewards or pleasures that come at unpredictable intervals. Slot machines are a perfect example of something that offers a variable reward, and so is waiting for likes after you post something. Seemingly contradictory to himself, Ayal just came out with a new book about how to combat the ways apps hook you called Indistractable, how to control your attention and choose your life. 
I haven't read the book in its entirety yet, but I would like to share this excerpt from a New York Times interview with Ayal because it is so to the point. This is a quote, and this is Ayal speaking. I got myself a feature phone that had no apps. I got on eBay a word processor, and all it lets you do is type. I made my phone grayscale, which only ruined my pictures, he said. I tried a digital detox, but I missed audiobooks and GPS. And he was still distracted. He would tidy. He would do laundry. He would read random books. Technology was not the problem, or at least not the root cause, Mr. Ayal said. I had not dealt with why I was delaying. That's why the solution he proposes in Indistractable is slow. It involves self-reflection. That's why the solution he proposes in Indistractable is slow. It involves self-reflection. He argues that many times we look at phones because we are anxious and we are bad at being alone. We are uncomfortable waiting in line and that's not the phone's fault. It is a hard and sort of annoying advice. But as he says, if you hold your breath waiting for companies to make their products less engaging, you're going to suffocate. So today, this is what I am here to do. I am here to try to inspire some control and contemplation over distraction. Blaming being distracted on your phone's existence in your life isn't helpful. Number one, phones aren't going away. And number two, if we want to find distraction, it is available to us anywhere, even without a phone, as that quote just proved to you. The real question is, how are you preparing to manage being distracted in general? in your life. However, we don't really have enough time to dig into such a large question today. So starting with how to manage distractions coming from your phone seems like a really good place to start. I am not recommending that you throw your phone out the window. I am not recommending you quit Facebook. After all, I would definitely be a hypocrite if I suggested that since uh, many of you found me because of Facebook, or at least you're following me through Facebook. But this is what I am recommending. Become 100% conscious of why and how you're using social media and the technology in your life and learn how to take the reins on your attention. As Cal Newport writes, your ability to concentrate is only as strong as your commitment to train it. So here are some things you can do now, today, to help you eliminate the distraction that is coming from your phone. One, turn off notifications. Having your phone on vibrate is not having it off. Although I have been argued with about this, if you are being alerted to a notification, then your phone is definitely on and there's a notification. Just because it's on vibrate doesn't mean that it's off. Two, make your phone grayscale. It makes it a lot less pretty to look at and you'll be, I think, less apt to click on things. Use do not disturb on your computer. It is so helpful. I am doing it right now as I write this and I'm doing it right now as I record this. Use airplane mode to your advantage. I put my phone on airplane mode when I'm practicing and I'm worried I won't be able to resist a text message. Even 20 minutes on airplane mode makes the ability to concentrate a lot better. That 20 minutes in airplane mode could probably equal 60 minutes if I wasn't in airplane mode. Five. Turn your phone off and put it in your bag when you're doing homework or practicing. 
It's incredible how much less likely we are to go on the phone when we have to just go through a little more effort to get it. Like get it out of your bag, turn it on, wait for it to boot up. Just that little inconvenience will really encourage you to not go on it. Delete certain apps from your phone, but allow yourself to use them on your computer. I did that for a month this summer with Facebook and Instagram. I didn't delete them. I didn't tell myself I'll never go on them. I just took them off of my phone and I went on them if I wanted to on my computer. But even typing in Facebook or Instagram.com is a little bit of a deterrent, whereas all I have to do on my phone is click on it. Try having a meal with friends where you don't use your phone. And last, write down why you want to use certain apps and how they are helping you achieve your goals. Facebook allows me to share this blog, announce concerts, and keep in touch with students and friends. The positive highly outweighs the negative at this point for me, but I can't assume that will always be the case. And I can't assume that even if Facebook allows me to do or share things that make me happy, that the distraction is worth it every day of my life. Some days, even now, I avoid social media at all costs because I know it will take too much emotional energy. Or there was a period of time for about five years where I didn't even have Facebook at all. I was finishing my master's degree and I was doing my doctorate. It was too difficult to deal with seeing other people's lives unfolding when I didn't really know how mine would unfold, so I decided to get rid of it. It was making me unnecessarily nervous and I was comparing myself to every single thing I saw. But now, eight years later, seeing other people's lives unfold doesn't make me quite as uncomfortable because I'm a little more confident in my own path. You have control on an hourly, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis to decide what is best for you and to decide if something is distracting you more now than it even did yesterday. You have to learn to take advantage of having that choice. Like everything we've talked about on this blog, there is no quick fix and there is no solution made for everyone. You have to practice these tactics, expect to fail, and prepare to try again. Only you know how much your phone is distracting you from the things you want to accomplish. accomplish. Only you can coerce yourself into having the discipline to experiment with some of the suggestions above so that you can understand how they help or hurt your bottom line goals. However, I think the one thing we should all accept is this. Being able to combat distraction is a valuable, magical skill in our time and undoubtedly will lead to positive things. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you're inspired to go do something with all of the information that you just received. So as I told you at the beginning, one of the things that I'm really excited about is to answer your questions. So a link in the show notes will lead you to where you can go to submit a question. And I can't wait to see you next time.